You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfit? How we feeling? What we up to? What's new with you? I want to know how you guys are doing because you listen to me, but like I want to know what's going on in your lives. That's why I need you guys to leave some comments or send me a tweet or Instagram post or like slide in my DMs because you know I'm single and it's about to be winter time. So what's going on? I'm on the road. Yes, still. And I'm coming to you all the way from Wyoming. Now, I would like name a city in Wyoming, but like no one's going to know a name of a city in Wyoming. Like, let's just be honest. Now, this state is gorgeous, like hills and valleys and like infinite sunsets. It's so breathtaking and kind of untouched. Well, that's like the perception. Like it's a lot of square miles in the state, but most of it is like preserved, which we'll get into um, later. So when I was flying here, I was sitting next to this gentleman on this tiny plane because there are no direct flights to Wyoming from New York City. So I have to connect, I think, in I don't remember, but either Detroit, Chicago, where normally where I connect. So I connect from a big plane to a tiny plane, like just like two seater, like on each side of the aisle, like very narrow, like you got to check your roller bag because it's not fitting overhead. Like this is a tin can of a plane. So the guy that I was sitting next to a very nice gentleman and he was reading Amarosa's book. Okay, I don't know how we got started talking about this. I think he was asking me as the only black person on a plane, why I was going to Wyoming. And I told him for work. And he was like, Oh, yeah, me too. I'm going to be here for two weeks. And then I also said, Oh, what do you do? He goes, Oh, I work. Uh, I'm an engineer. I work in the mining industry. And you know, you know, the journalist in me, honey, was like, oh, I have questions, okay? Because when Donald Trump was running for office, the big thing that he kept talking about was he was going to be saving jobs for the coal miners in this country. But then people started doing research and they started realizing that the coal industry is one of the most detrimental things to our ozone layer. And that is contributing greatly to global warming. And also in this country, there are less than 50,000, five zero, 50,000 in give or take but I think it's less than uh coal miners who work in this country there are more trained yoga instructors than there are people who are coal miners and so think about that think about you saving an entire industry for 50,000 people okay Toys R Us just went bankrupt and laid off a the whole giraffe herd and they don't give a damn okay about the kids having toys no more they shut it down because they was like this business model ain't working no more kids are not buying toys in stores they're buying it on their parents ipads when they're not paying attention because the ipad is a new parent and your kid just ordered mad shit on your instagram and amazon account because you're not paying attention so why do we have a brick and mortar store? Now that is called growth. That is called understanding the needs and wants of the people. But for you to be a coal miner in 2018 and you feel like your job security should be set in stone when nobody uses coal like that no more, 
the audacity, okay? And you know who you are, the audacity. That, my friend, is privilege, all right? Can you imagine, can you imagine if the milkmen, now, I know we watch old TVs. I know everybody done seen Pleasantville uh, with Reese Witherspoon and uh, Tobey Maguire when they were modern day kids and they got zapped into the TV and went back in time to this black and white show that Tobey was watching because he was a nerd and nobody was giving him no pussy. So he was home watching Pleasantville reruns on like a weekend night because his sister Reese was like, you know, out there thotting and bopping, getting her life on. And so something happened and he got sucked into the TV and she got sucked with him. And so they go back to this like 1950s, like, perfect american town called pleasantville and everything is in black and white right i totally forgot why i went on this tangent okay let me think let me think back why did i go into pleasantville oh, okay and so in pleasantville there was like the milkman like those black and white shows there's a milkman that come around every day the housewives didn't work so they literally would like use the milk bottles the glass not plastic honey glass okay glass only that's why people back then didn't really have cancer like that because they have all of these like you know toxins in our packaging on our food so you got to use the same glass bottles that he delivered the milk in and you put them back out on your front door and he would come do his route with his little milk truck and give you new a new fresh batch of milk bottles and he would take the old bottles. Now, can you imagine if milkmen across this country was like, uh-uh, fuck that. Fuck Walmart. Fuck a Target. Fuck a, fuck a Walgreens. Fuck a bodega. I want my motherfucking milkman job intact, okay? I want people against their will to have to keep taking my milk from my truck and giving me glasses back and we're gonna do this dance until the cows come home like can you imagine can you imagine can you imagine if the 10 film developers that was left in this country decided that they was going to demand that people still had to develop the film and their camera because they don't give a damn that iphone came out with a new camera that takes better pictures than a naked eye can you imagine but lo and behold coal miners got to keep their jobs mind you they dying of lung cancer left and right but they want to keep their jobs so in wyoming mining is a big big industry and not just coal actually i think that they have more copper and like uh like minerals and like iron like that sort of kind of mining because the guy that i was sitting next to he actually is iranian and he's an iranian american who served in the military for like dumb long got his degree he's now an engineer and he travels the country and he visits these mining uh mining sites to make sure that they're like all this stuff is on the up and up and he told me he was like i was in nevada for a while or arizona and they had a really big 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 mine like you know hundreds of people and they make you know like tons like millions of tons of like the copper um or oil each year he said but the one that he was going to in wyoming for two weeks get into this the mine that he is going to in wyoming has 16 employees one six 16 employees and they do like uh an eighth of the production that the bigger mine does but lo and behold they those 16 men those 16 men are the reason why a part of the reason why we all gonna be uh 
unable to breathe the air in like 25 years. Oh, I read the article. I think it says we have 12 years left of a stable um, climate before it really goes to shit. And if we don't change it now, specifically like getting rid of coal and the thing about it is the guy that I was sitting next to he was like yeah I don't know why we still use coal because like you know natural gas is so much better for the environment like it's so much better and it's so much cheaper and it's so much easier and I was like yeah because we keep allowing a small percentage of people with their own selfish reasons to dictate how the rest of us live and it's just not cool and we really need to call them out because it's like even if okay even if you wanted to keep your job right say if somebody came to you was like listen I know you want to keep your job but if you keep your job right if you keep your job 100,000 people are gonna die for every year that you keep your job 100,000 people are gonna die because you get to keep your job you gotta be the devil's spawn to sit there and be like I think I'm gonna keep my job I think I'm gonna keep my job I don't care if 100,000 people die every single year that I have my job past this point I'm gonna keep my job because I don't feel like learning something new and I mean like if you work in a coal mine don't I mean you want to just do that that kind of crazy work all day like you somebody come come to you but like listen I know you was working in a coal mine but like you know we got this office job you can sit here and just like answer the phone or like you can like you know put the put the tuna can wrapper on a can of tuna on the assembly line like if you think about it right all these people that have these like old antiquated jobs in America and they said that they want to keep their jobs like I feel like the government should just say listen this job is not beneficial to like the American public but we will train you to do another job and why do you think we having such a big problem with China and this whole tariff thing because China's not fucking with us China makes everything for cheap because they're like we don't have no ego we do what we got to do to make what we got to make and Americans have an ego so these people who work in these coal mines are the same ones it's like I'm not working for no no eight dollar an hour job and then they get mad when people of other countries come here and take the job like well you're not gonna work eight dollars an hour but i'll work eight dollars an hour then you want to be racist and be like build a wall so you want us to build a wall or you want to take this job for eight dollars an hour because if you're not taking the job for eight dollars an hour then ain't no need to build no wall because we need these people to do the jobs that you don't want to do and i think about that a lot i think about how in America, Americans have convinced themselves that they are too good to do a list of jobs. When you go to Europe, okay, I, I, I encourage everybody to travel internationally. It changes your perspective on life. And we have to stop thinking, especially people who like, well, I ain't got no money. Stop thinking that travel is a luxury. Travel is a necessity to the human experience on this planet. No God, I don't care who you believe in, no God wants you to stay in a 10 mile radius for your entirety, okay? God created science and science created technology that allows us to fly or be on a ship and travel other countries. Do you know that the early civilizations of this world traveled the globe and they didn't have planes? Well, they might have had planes. If you believe in Atlantis or that aliens were the ones responsible for building pyramids, then maybe they had spacecraft. But if you don't believe that, at least we know for a fact that they were building ships and it was traveling. OK, and they were doing trade with people from lands far, far, far away. So if you sitting here 
with a motherfucking credit card, my niggas. And you can't get on group on and find you a nice little trip t- to Turkey. Well, maybe not Turkey. Okay. Because Turkey, they, they got a lot of fuck shit going on in Turkey. But like, say madrid like you okay well spain got a lot of stuff going on here too and definitely don't go to barcelona because barcelona is on the precipice of a civil war because they are not fucking with spain okay you mean to tell me you can't go on groupon and find a nice little trip to uh uh india i think yeah i feel like india is i mean they you know they got the issue too but like india like you can go to india oh morocco i saw something on on like okay tr- like there's a couple of websites you know i'm gonna do i'm a bless y'all i'm a bless y'all i'm gonna put the websites in the in the bio for this in the description for this episode and you're gonna see sites that i go to when i find super cheap cheap trips but also this other thing when you traveling everybody can't go Okay, and I know my people, I know we love a good boat ride. I know we love a group group trip. I know we love a good bring your white outfit for the white dinner that we having on night two of our group trip. But sometimes, baby, you have to just pack it for yourself and hit the skies. Because if you wait for all your friends to get their money right at the same time, you're going to be waiting for a long time. And then even when you, all your friends go, that don't mean everybody want to do the same thing. Like you learn a lot about somebody when you travel with them. Like my best friend in the whole wide world, we travel great together. Because when we're in a room together, we know when to talk and we know when not to talk. I give her space. She gives me space. And we like to plan excursions. And we like to, and we don't drink a lot. So we'll maybe get drunk like one night where we like, oh, we're going to get wasted it but she ain't sloppy in these streets and it's so funny we went somewhere oh hold on someone's calling me one time me and my best friend were out on a vacation together it was like a group thing it was an event it was like a wedding okay it was a wedding we went to a wedding destination wedding and so it was a group of us it was really fun great islands like really dope island great food everything and we went out and one of the people that we were hanging with got drunk and this chick got super drunk to the point that me and my best friend was like yo we have to like make sure she gets home okay like get back to the resort like she's now our responsibility and she was laid out like we people and you know it was an island so the people on the island was like oh girl she needs some water what's going on with her why she why she why she been to her like that that's not good and we were like we know it's not good and don't judge my little accent i don't know what i was pulling from but i'm i'm glad that it's not designated to a certain island so you can't shit on it as hard as you would want to if i said it was from a subsequent island so it's just a it's a tiger woods addition west indian accent of everything from the caribbean diaspora and so we now we looking crazy with the locals because you know the locals don't play that like you can't be no sloppy bitch out in these streets and so we got a sloppy hoe with us drunk and we had to make sure that she got home and we just kept telling each other like girl i love you so much like i'm so glad that you're my friend because you would never put me in no situation where you sloppy like that out in these streets like we know how to hold our liquor which is why you gotta travel with people who you know know how to travel well back to uh Wyoming so like I said Wyoming is a beautiful 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 state right people are very nice I have not seen a black person most of the time I've been here four days so far and I only saw two black people and one was a man that came to my show 
and he uh i think he was a student but he looked older and so he was like oh i'm go so, i'm so glad that you came here like i'm a, i'm gonna pray for you you know i hope you know you travel safe and and that kind of like alerted me and i was like oh shit you know something up when somebody say i'm gonna pray for you for your travel and mercy and i was like does he know something that i don't know like what's going on in these wyoming streets but you know i think he just is religious and then the second black person i saw was this black man now okay my people i love us i love us for real uh like sister monique says but sometimes we really be doing too damn much now i'm going back on my vegan kick right but before i do that i have had to eat meat out here especially in wyoming because wyoming and one of the students at my show told me this he was like we don't have anything here like they import a lot of their basic foods because wyoming does not have the agricultural ability to like produce a lot of the produce that people eat so they import a lot of the fruits a lot like damn near everything pretty much like the only thing wyoming has like naturally is meat cattle bison like that's it ain't nobody farming no bananas no shit like that so it's it's really real and plus the commute time to wyoming like makes means the shit ain't really fresh anyway so I was forced to eat like Mexican food and I was tired of Mexican food. I was tired of Asian food. So I was like, all right, you know, what? Well, let me just go get me some like nice rotisserie chicken. And somebody was bragging like they always do like, oh, I know a good place. Now, when you come from a city that has a diverse cuisine, okay, or or like options, okay, and somebody tells you from a town or a state that does not that they know a good place. 10 times out of 10 that place ain't gonna be good okay but I was being nice and I wanted to you know do something local and somebody referred this uh chicken place and they were known for their chicken as rotisserie chicken anyway the chicken was drier than my dms okay honey dry 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 like Ashanti's career my shit was dry okay dry like flavor flaves dreadlocks dry okay chicken was dry 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 but i ate it so i'm sitting there finishing up my meal this black man comes in what y'all got in here mm-mm, mm-mm. black flag number one sir we serve chicken and uh you know beans and mac and cheese and blah 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 blah, blah. and he goes y'all got fried chicken black flag number two no sir uh we are a rotisserie chicken we specialize in like peruvian style uh chicken and whoop de whoop 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 well how much is the chicken i said if this ain't a scene for i'm gonna get you sucker i was just waiting for chris crackhead chris rock to come out talking about he want one rib like that's the vibe that this man was giving me she goes half a chicken is eight dollars with two sides eight dollars eight dollars eight dollars i can go down to walmart and get me two chickens for eight dollars well sir this is me they saying her because she being nice but in my my head was like sir why don't you go on down to walmart then and get you two chickens for eight dollars like two whole two whole chickens go down there then but for some reason he stayed and he got the chicken and let me tell you i was so glad that i finished my meal 
before he got his food because I paid my joint and I left because I knew once he had that dry, 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 dry as chicken that I just had, he might have flipped all the tables in that bitch. So I left. I got in my car. And where did she go? Where did she go? She went straight to Walmart and bought one of them chickens, honey, and ate that juicy fucking capitalistic 1% producing Walton family, Arkansas Hill, big racist ass motherfucking chicken. It was good as shit. I had only ate like a quarter of it, though, because I was so hungry. It was so fucking good. I ate a quarter of it and then I just had to throw the rest away because I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here in this hotel room and eat a whole motherfucking chicken. Like I ain't got no good sense. So that is my meat confession. Um, I would like to be very honest when I backslide onto the poultry. I did it. It was delicious and it will be uh, in the past and we won't talk about it again. But I was vulnerable with you. We shared I feel like there's some judgment, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm human. It, it happens. All right. So the other part about Wyoming, I was here for four days. I leave tomorrow and I had some time today uh, in between my shows. I got to drive and like really enjoy like the countryside. And then I noticed that there was like a scenic route and I was like, no, let me go and take some pictures because it's so beautiful and you want to take pictures. So it's so beautiful. So I'm taking pictures and then I'm reading the sign. And so the sign was a historical marker for the Bozeman Trail, the Bozeman Trail. And it has all the history of this trail. So I didn't realize that when we talk about like the trail, the, uh, the gold trail or the trail of tears or like all of those trails and, you know, early settler American history that basically not basically what we're referring to is like an interstate highway, if you will, that the indigenous people of this country, the native Americans, not Indians. If you say Indians in 2018, you really need to get popped in the mouth because stop being ignorant and childish okay respect the people who were here before us so the indigenous people of this country slash native americans they created these interstate highways or walking paths that connected from village to village state to state territory to territory and so when the early american settlers translation white european settlers came to this country and they started hearing tales of gold okay and whatnot and oil and whatnot uh in the western part of the newly formed united states of america they started bringing a ratchet asses through these areas and at first the natives were like um okay one or two we see you like who are you i guess you know go about your business don't start none won't be none but then they started bringing wagons and preachers and kids and a shit tons and nanas and pop pops, all of this stuff. And so the natives are like, nah, nah, for real, like y'all doing too much right now. So there was a lot of like back and forth between the two. And don't you know, right? Don't you know the American government at the time was like, oh, we're going to fix this shit. So they started sending troops out to, you know, Wyoming 
and the troops would set up forts and they would battle the natives okay but when you read the literature because i also went to so i went to the bozeman trail which is like just really a basic scenic overlook and they basically like this area right here like it tells you like the bozeman trail was was uh formerly known as like the frozen valley or something valley trail by you know the natives and we renamed it the Bozeman Trail after the white man who pretty much came here and wrote down the trails and mapped it out for us so that more white people could come and crisscross and tip tap toe across these native lands and go about their business. So they named it after the man who basically came here, scouted it and took it back to them so they knew how to like keep going to the West. Then they said that that the people, the natives who lived there were several different tribes that lived on this particular land. And because the government didn't want the natives to keep mollywopping the intruders, they banished them from their own land. They pushed them out of their own land. So they could not be in the land that they had been roaming for however many years prior. Then after that, after the settlers, you know, made their way through, then the government preserve this particular land so now nobody can live here the natives can't have it back nobody can live in this land it's preserved but then they had pushed all the natives to reservations that are like far removed from where they like you know raised and had their bison which they live off of like I don't think you understand how important the bison and buffalo were to the indigenous people of this country like it was everything to them right so then I drive down about 20, 30 minutes past that scenic route. And then I see a sign for a fort. And, you know, I love me a good little fort history. So I went to this fort and there's no fort. It's just basically markers of where the fort used to be and a nice little like small museum that explains everything. Now, there's a man there who works there and he is the, like the groundskeeper. So he works the little thing. He does like the little and not tour but like introduction to it and he also maintains the land him and another woman and so I was by far I mean by at least 30 years the youngest person at least by 30 years the youngest person there I was also the only black person there everybody else was old white couples like with their rvs and their winnebago's and they're crisscrossing and they driving from here to nevada i mean they were just out there just like living a best golden um social security life right and so i will commend this museum because they did a as good of a job as they possibly could of showing both sides of the story so they had native american history they had um, information about all the several tribes that lived nearby they had some of their like headdresses they explained what like the feathers meant and their in their hats like in their i did not know that like the way the way a feather is cut uh like they in the decorative headband of a man shows like his status and it tells like information so like if it had like a slash and like feathers were cut just on the right side it meant like i'm don't quote me on this but for example it meant like he survived a battle if there was like three cuts out of the feather it meant that like he had killed somebody or if like it was so many things like status symbols it was really really interesting so it was a lot of information that i learned about the native Americans in that region but then then you know the spin 
So they made it seem like the natives were hostiles to the European settlers and the European settlers just really wanted to, you know, make their way across the land, didn't want to intrude on anybody. And then they built this fort and the fort. And you never notice how people tell you just how shitty they are without realizing they're telling you that they shitty. So the fort is named Fort Phil Kearney and is named after a man. A military man who was sent here by the U.S. government to protect this land and to stake claim to it, really, essentially. And so this is how shitty and shady it is. The fort was only there from 1866 to 1868. Two years, two years, this fort was there. And you know why it was only there for two years? Because the sole purpose of the fort, okay, it wasn't necessarily to give safe passage to like the, the European settlers or American settlers that were making their way across. And that was one option. They, they said it was like, oh, to give safe passage to make sure that the natives weren't attacking the settlers. Yeah. OK, maybe that was like a little bit of it. And then they also try to save face and say, oh, we were also here. We also created this fort to kind of help with all of the intertribal fights amongst the different tribes of Natives American. And I'm not buying that bullshit because I'll be damned if I'm fighting my own people and I'm going to let you come in here telling me how to not fight my people. If you don't go sit down somewhere and have several seats. So I'm not buying that excuse either. But this thing and they wrote it down like in the information of like Fort Phil Kearney. So this reason is the one I believe was the only true reason. So they said themselves the fort was built right to help with settlers making safe passage. The fort was built to help stop this intertribal warfare, not buying those. But then he also said the fort was built to draw the attention Listen to how diabolical this is because this is re being repeated in present day politics. The fort was built to draw the attention of all of the local tribes so that they would engage in warfare with us here at the fort so that they didn't realize that we were building a railroad in another part of their territory. Now, if that ain't the devil, if that ain't the devil, so they drew the attention of the locals so that they will be so embattled in warfare that they wouldn't realize that their lands that they left behind to be unattended were being used for a railroad. So don't you know, once they built that railroad, there was no longer a need for a fort. So for two years, they did this massive distraction and interrupted these people's lives and people died so that they could build a railroad. And once the railroad was built, they left the fort and as soon and, and the man, the, the groundskeeper was so, so got so tickled to tell everybody this. As soon as they left that fort, the Cheyenne came and burnt that bitch the fuck down, burnt it down like y'all ain't never coming back here. And and white settlers was like, oh, we good. We don't have to come back here. We got a railroad now. Toot toot. Beep beep, honey. All aboard. All right. Now, the fuck the thing about this railroad, which people don't realize, not only did the American government push aside indigenous people for their own personal uh, safety, but not safety, but their perceived safety in their mind. Right. For their own comfort, rather for their own comfort. But. They built this railroad 
And once the railroad was built, okay, don't ask me how I know this stuff. I just acquire information in my life. And, you know, I believe that we are all forms of energy that get like reincarnated and go through different phases to learn different things. So I'm pretty sure the people that I've been previously, the energy that I am within me that has visited this place several times before, um, knows this thing and it kind of comes to me like it's my own information. But once they built those railroads, the bison in Buffalo, okay, would no longer cross the railroad. So that means their natural grazing paths that they would go to their natural migration from the north part of the of the country to the south part of the country not the whole country but of like the countryside of this part of wyoming or whatever or from north to east or east to west wherever they would travel for like their their like my their own animal migration where they would go to to make more babies where they would go to eat where they would go to like you know ride out the winter they would not cross the railroad so that meant that all the tribes that lived on the opposite side of the railroad were beginning to lose their resources because they weren't able to hunt the bison. So that means when wintertime come, they didn't have the meat that they needed to eat and survive. They didn't have the fat to make, you know, help with the fire. They didn't have the the skin, the hides for the teepee. So you think about that. Think about that because people don't realize how one action has a reaction to it that changes the course of someone's life. I know that's a lot. I know we went through a lot, but it also just makes me really, 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 really sad because when you look at the landscape of this country and you realize that it was already populated by people and that everything that they knew was taken away from them for someone for the minority selfish gain, right? There were more native people on this country than there were early settlers. And I don't care what people tell you. They try to make it seem like it's just random, small, little, teeny, tiny tribes of Native Americans running around here. No, it was it was hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people not millions but definitely hundreds of thousands close to a million people that inhabited this continent and so don't make it seem like oh no big deal okay there's still native americans right now living in this country and they are on reservations and do don't you know don't you know how crazy it is they're living on reservations but because of the treaties that that were drafted up for them to you know be pushed to these reservations they have their tribes own the reservation okay but the individuals in the tribes are not allowed to own property because it's tribal property so that means that that reason why they are continue in the cycle of poverty on these reservations because they they the individual doesn't own their land and since they don't own their land, they can't build on the land, which is why they have trailers. So not only do they not own the land, they only have trailers. If you don't own your land, if you don't own your home, you don't have any you don't have any credit history. You don't have any equity. You cannot build wealth. So if you are in a reservation, you don't own the property that you live in, but then you can't really, you know, generate any money because you don't have any assets. It's so fucked up. And I'm gonna end on this. 
And so as I'm walking the grounds of Fort Kearney and I'm reading about what well, this was the bakery, this was the artillery place, this was the shoemaker's place, this was the colonel's quarters. And I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm reading all of this stuff. And it's beautiful, it's still a beautiful landscape, right? I actually posted pictures of it on my Instagram. So go to my Instagram, Chloe underscore Hillier, and you can see a couple pictures of me in Wyoming. And I see these beautiful two, these two beautiful black horses, right? And they're like just off to the side and and they're and they're just like minding their business and I walk up to them. They were so beautiful. And one walked off like, I'm not fucking with you. And the other one like looked at me, but it was like kinda like apprehensive. And I was like, Oh my god, like this is your land. Like this is your land and we are fucking it up. We are fucking it up. Um and so I circled the whole thing and I just thought about like how how wonderful this country would look if it hadn't been like tainted by invasion and disease and tribalism like just you think about like if I could just go back to a moment in history where I could just see how this space that I'm presently occupying looks before it got like you know manipulated and so I was kind of like down because I'm just thinking about the lies and the bloodshed and the people who were pushed out of their like only way of life and thinking about how it applies to all that we're going through in this world today. And it's always the greedy people. Greed ruins everything. Greed ruins everything. Everything that happens that is terrible comes from people being greedy. That's it. It's just greed. So I walk back to the museum because my car was parked by this little tiny. It's like a tiny like like three room building. Right. And as I'm walking up to my car, this white couple's walking out and the man is holding the brochures that they got from inside in his hand and his wife is like oh my god this place is like it's it's so interesting and he says and I hear him he says well this was their land this was their land and we took it from them and that's nuts and that brought me so much joy to just hear a person who has privilege who probably lives their life thinking that everything is hunky dory and the only problem we have is the Muslims and the Mexicans and women trying to have abortions. You know what I mean? Like that I feel like I know I am like stereotyping this white man, but like he represents the people who feel like this country as it is it's nothing wrong with this country It's people coming into this country that's ruining it and this is my country and this is my land for him to you know him or my representation of him to be like oh no 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 we we were assholes like we took these people's lands the fact that he sympathized and he understood that like this wasn't just some like little fun historical thing like lies or laws people's livelihoods were taken away like for him to have that moment and his wife was just like not hearing it like she was just like oh this is so crazy and interesting he was like no 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 this is fucked up he didn't say that but like just I could hear it he was like this this that's nuts like we took their land and it's like yes yes y'all took their land it doesn't mean that you're a bad person today, but you need to understand that the land that what you stand on was once the land of another culture that that your ancestors pushed away for their own personal gain. And sometimes you have to know 
your history so you can appreciate your present. And sometimes you need to know your history so you know how to fight for the future so motherfuckers can't come and do that same dumb shit again because you learned your lesson. So hopefully we learn the lessons because I'll be damned if a motherfucker try to come and put a railroad in my motherfucking living room. Okay, you and that iron hammer is getting these hands. All right, I'm all charged up, but thank you guys for listening. (laughs) This one's a little bit longer because I really went in and I got my feelings, but I really feel strongly about like, you know, history and abuses of power so with that said um give me some power how about that how about you (laughs) join my mailing list so i can hit you up and let you know what's going on with me please 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 tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast i understand that my schedule is a little nuts but i'm trying i'm out here i'm doing the good work and i'm going to be posting podcast episodes as regularly as i possibly can so i appreciate you guys for listening Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Chloe underscore Hilliard. Okay. If you want to go to my website and see more about me, go to ChloeHilliard.com. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Find your lesson so you don't repeat history. Bye.